And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Although, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Rosalind Russell stars in a remarkable tale of suspense from 1948. But first, it's movie Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular movies, and I'll try to name the movie while you play along at home, right, Lisa? That is all true, Carl, but we have a very special edition of Hollywood 360 tonight. Porchlight Music Theater is launching its 29th season with Chicago's Cole Porter Festival. Yeah. And that is a celebration of the man and his music. It's running throughout 2024. And the festival, which honors Cole Porter's incredible career, includes both live and digital events, along with Porchlight's presentation of Anything Goes, which is January 13th to February 25th of 2024. And we here at Hollywood 360 are honored to participate in the Cole Porter Festival, and we will pay tribute to Cole Porter with very special segments this evening that will focus on Cole Porter's life and music and movies. For more information about the festival, you can go to porchlightmusictheater.org. So we will start with Movie Jeopardy, and um, this will be all Cole Porter films. Hmm. So uh, are you a fan of Cole Porter of films? Of course. I so, know Cole Porter. I know you do. These are going to go way back, so you're going to have to put your thinking cap all on right. back into your younger years. Okay. Okay. Here's your first Cole Porter film. You're the top. You're the Coliseum. That's Bing Crosby. You're the right. top. Exactly right. 1956 the musical. Who's the other guy? You're a melody hmm. from a symphony by Strauss. Hmm. You're a Bendel bonnet, a Shakespeare sonnet. That You're song familiar? Yeah. I'm trying to think of the name of that song. So it was You're adapted nine. from a 1934 no, stage You're musical. That might give you a clue. Hmm. Is that Judy Garland back there? Could be. Of the Mona Lisa. I don't know it. That is Anything Goes. Oh, yeah. That was Bing Crosby. Anything Goes. Right, adapted from the 1934 stage musical about, you know, they were two entertainers and they were scheduled to appear in a Broadway show. Um, and they each discovered the perfect lady. So it's a great song and it's a great show. All right, I'm not off to a good start. That's all right. There's more to come. All right. Here's your second movie. The Dutch in North Amsterdam do it, not to mention the Finns. Folks in Siam do it, 
So that was a big clue. That yeah. was his first meeting with his wife, Linda Lee Thomas. Okay. Let's fall in love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know this one, actually. Um, ah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, did Lovely? The Lovely. Yeah. That is exactly right. So this is a 2004 musical biopic, and it's based on the life and career of Cole Porter. Yeah. I'm from this meeting with his name, Thomas. And, um, yeah, it's really, really cool. If you haven't seen it, it'd be a great movie to revisit. What year is it? biopic yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. about his life and I, career. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Here's your next musical comedy with lyrics by Cole Porter. Where do you want to start? From the bottom. You're only young twice. You trying to break that record? Huh? Say, how much are you going to charge me to get me insulted? Well, I'll charge you five francs for the first insult. And 50 francs for every one So this opened oh, on Broadway is, in 1929 and was adapted for film kids. two years later, 1931. It sounds like it's from that year. It, well, that's the best I could do. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? This is 50 Million Frenchmen. And that's the reference to the hit, the 1927 song, 50 Million Frenchmen. Can't be no, wrong. New I- no idea. Now. Well, it goes a little bit All way right, back. next one. All right, here we go. Enchanté du pouvoir. Enchanté de faire votre connaissance. I'm guessing French that's French. I spoke it is. My early childhood <laughs> See how smart I am? <laughs> now, this is a 1956 musical starring Bing Crosby, Grace Kelly, and Frank Sinatra oh. with the music and lyrics by Cole Porter. Oh, that's got to be high society. That's exactly right. You got it. The I know. film is a musical remake of the 1940 comedy The Philadelphia Story, Yep. which is based on the 1939 play. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Bing Crosby, Grace Kelly, Frank Sinatra. Yes, great the greats. All right. All right, we've got time for one more One clip. more. Mr. Porter wants to see you. He wants to see me? That's what I said. Well, am I fired? Oh, no, no, no. He's got a tune for you. Now, don't be nervous. Well, I'm not nervous. What year? 1946 well, musical oh, starring Cary oh, Grant. Car- I was going to say, that's mm-hmm. Cary Grant. Judy, Judy, Judy. My <laughs> name is Cary Grant. Uh, I didn't, uh, what was your name? What was your name? Mary. Mary Martin. Uh, Gracie Who's does me a I'll give you a clue. She does. Yeah. You are. The oh, film features some songs well, including me, Night and Day, I, I, Begin I the Begin, and My no, no, Heart I mean, Belongs to Dad. Well, there was a movie that he starred in called Night and Day. Mm-hmm. I know that. I in the lobby of the hotel that is exactly well. right. Night and, night and day. day. It's night and day. But you said it. You gave me the answer. Well, I mean, that is the title song, but you wouldn't have known it if well, you didn't know it. Well, that's true. Just a little help. We all need a little help with yeah. Cole Porter. But, um, Just a little help from your friends. That's right. We all need it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love Cole Porter. In fact, I wear his uh, cousin's uh, shoes all, to- all the time. Cole Hahn. Cole Hahn and Cole Porter. Yeah. They are related. I think it's his uncle, actually, ah. not his cousin. All right, cousin. well, thanks, Lisa. Great job, Carl. When we come back, Rosalind Russell stars in a suspense episode. You won't want to miss it. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. 
I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Before we tune into Suspense, starring Rosalind Russell, want to remind everyone listening, there's only nine days left for the Bold Venture Kickstarter campaign. Help us save the Bold Venture radio series starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. You can get all 78 episodes in pristine quality, either digital downloads or on 39 CDs. Just go to our Kickstarter page and uh, pledge uh, a donation. Help us to achieve our funding goal. We only have nine days. We're 60% of the way there, so we do need a push here in the last week. And uh, we're hoping that you will check it out. Go uh, to your search uh, your search bar and your uh, website and just... And just uh, search Bold Venture Kickstarter, Bold Venture Kickstarter, and it'll take you right to our Kickstarter page. We are 60% of the way there, need another 40% to um, do the transfers, send everyone that pledges these amazing Bold Venture radio shows direct from the master recordings. We are trying to raise the funds to do the transfer. So just search Bold Venture Kickstarter and help us out. Many of our listeners, like almost 200 of our listeners, have already. And so we need your help in this final nine days. All right, time now for Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And this is a great one. It's called The Sisters, and it stars Rosalind Russell. Two sisters, Lisa, live alone in a large house. One of them is crazy, and the sane one buys a coffin. Are you ready for this? I'm ready, Carl. This is sponsored by Autolite, December 9th, 1948, part one now of Suspense. Autolite presents Suspense, starring Rosalind Russell. Suspense. Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations bring you radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Starring tonight, Miss Rosalind Russell in Anton Leder's production of The Sisters, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Here is one I think would be very lovely. It has a far superior lining, pure silk, much heavier than the others we've looked at. Uh, Do you care for this one, Miss Haskell? Yes, that's very nice. But I believe I'd like to see something perhaps even a little better. Oh, of course. If you will just step over this way, Miss Haskell. 
Now, here, here is an exquisite casket. Something that really does honor to the departed. Yes, it's beautiful. Now, the interior is just the same as the last, but the casket itself is of bronze, solid bronze. Won't that be rather heavy? Oh, yes, but not too heavy. Uh, will there be six pallbearers? I don't know. Well, it doesn't matter, really. Four men can carry this very easily, very. Uh, Miss Haskell, I want you to notice the floral design here. All hand-wrought, every bit of it. And, uh, oh, oh, yes, uh, notice the seams in this casket. Airtight and watertight, uh, guaranteed. <clears throat> you know, of course, how important that is. Yes. Yes. Uh, but this casket, in a hundred years or even two hundred years, will be just as strong and will look just as beautiful as it does on this stand today. You couldn't buy a finer piece of workmanship. How much would this one be, please? Uh, this casket, a uh, Duravo, by the way, Duravo for durability, we say in the trade. Uh, this casket is priced at uh, $775. <clears throat> we uh, can't bring back the departed. Our only solace is the knowledge that we have done them the last possible honor. Very well. I'll take this one. Oh, I'm sure you're making a very wise choice. In all my years as a mortician, I've never found a family that regretted money spent on a Duravo. Yes. <clears throat> now, uh, let me see. I'll give you a check. Oh, oh, that won't be necessary. Not immediately. After the funeral will do. Oh, uh, by the way, we haven't mentioned it. Are, uh, are we handling the funeral arrangements? I don't know yet. Oh, well, uh, you want the casket delivered uh, somewhere? No. I'd like you to hold it for a while, please. Hold it? Uh, but uh, for how long? For three weeks. Three weeks? I don't understand. Uh, who is the party, the uh, deceased? Uh, who is the casket for? It's for me. you come in. Where have you been, Lydia? You've been gone all afternoon. I've been shopping. What did you buy? Did you get the ribbons I asked for? No, I didn't have time. Oh, I wanted some new ribbons. These are all worn out. See, Lydia? Uh, Ellie, I wish you'd stop putting ribbons in your hair like a schoolgirl. You're almost 40 years old. I know, Lydia. I know. Then try to act like it. Uh, hand me my sewing and light the lamp. It's getting dark. I wonder why we have to grow old. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had always stayed young like we used to be? Oh, Lydia. <laughs> Remember when Mother used to send us out to school with our ribbons matching and our dresses matching? And at the end of the day, no one would even guess we were sisters because I was always so must and you were always so clean. <laughs> oh, I wish we were young again, Lydia. Stop talking nonsense, Ellie. It is nonsense, isn't it? Oh, the doorbell rang while you were out. Just before you came home. You didn't answer us? Oh, no. You told me never to answer. I just looked out of the upstairs window. Did you see who it was? Oh, yes, yes. It was a man. A rather big man. He rang a long time and then he went away. He didn't see you, did he? Oh, no. I just peeked ever so carefully from behind the curtains. Then I came down here and watched him going down the walk. You came downstairs? Yes. I told you never to come down those stairs when I'm not in this house. It was all right, Lydia. I held on very tight to the banisters all the way. And I didn't once look down the stairwell. So I didn't get dizzy, and I didn't want to jump. Well, don't do it again. It was just that I was lonely. I didn't think you were ever coming home. Lydia, you didn't tell me what you bought. <laughs> A Duravo. What's that? 
What's a Duravo? Don't ask so many questions, Ellie. All right. Lydia, I think I'll sew, too. I could fix up one of these old ribbons here. May I, Lydia? Yes, yes, so. It will be good for you. Thank you. Lydia. Yes? Lydia, could I go shopping someday? Don't be a fool. Oh, I... I'm sorry. I just thought that... No, I suppose you're right. It wouldn't do. Not yet. Lydia, sing with me. You know I never sing. There wasn't any mail today. Wasn't there? No. I thought perhaps there'd be a letter from David. It's been such a long time since he's written, hasn't it? I haven't noticed. Oh, yes. He used to write every week on Tuesday. And I'd get the letter on Thursday. But there wasn't one this week or last or the week before that. Strange, isn't it? But perhaps he's been busy. Perhaps. Still, he never used to be too busy to write. I can't understand it. Do you suppose there's some other reason? What are you trying to say to me, Ellie? Are you hinting perhaps I'm keeping your mail from you? Oh, no. Well, you certainly seem to be. Why should I keep David's letters from you? But I didn't say that. I just said it was strange that David hasn't written, that's all. You wouldn't keep David's letters, I know that, Lydia. Go on with your sewing. Yes. I want to finish this ribbon. Stop singing that. Stop it. But, Lydia, it's a hymn. I don't care. I said stop. Or learn something else. That's all you sing day and night, day and night. Same tune over and over and over. Now stop it. Lydia. Lydia, sometimes you frighten me. The way you look at me, you make me think that... that perhaps I'm not getting well. That perhaps I'm still... Crazy. I'm not. I'm not still crazy. Am I, Lydia? Yes? Uh, evening. Are you Miss Lydia Haskell? Yes. Well, uh, can I speak to you for a minute? I was here this afternoon. There was no one home. What is it, please? We had a call from Doan Brothers, the undertakers. I'm from the police department. Oh, really? I don't see what the police could want with me. Come in, if you wish. Thank you. Sit down. Yeah, thank you. There's nothing we want, Miss Haskell, except it's sort of unusual for a woman to order a casket for herself. Unusual? I've heard of many cases of that kind. People who are alone in the world, there's no one else to look after things. Yes, sure, I know. Only it's a little more unusual when you can name the date. The, uh, The undertaker said you wanted the casket held for three weeks. Why three weeks? There must be some reason for it. There is. I'm going to die. I shall die in three weeks or perhaps even before. There's no doubt in my mind about it, and that's why I've ordered the casket. You may call it a premonition if you want. 
maybe I could also call it suicide. Well, that's why I'm here, Miss Haskell. I don't know whether you know it, but suicide's a crime in the eyes of the state. A crime for which there is no punishment. Not if it's successful, no. But there is prevention. I know I'm going to die. I feel it. But I have no intention of taking my own life. There's no need to do so. Miss Haskell, this premonition, as you call it, uh, have you any idea what, what brought it on? No. Have you been speaking to anyone? No fortune tellers or anything like that? <laughs> no. Well, what makes you so sure? How do you know you can trust this premonition? You're not an old woman. I, I'd say you're in pretty good health. You've got a lot of good years ahead of you. I have a religion, not a church religion, just one of my own. It preaches that people go on living until they've outgrown their usefulness. Then they die from one cause or another. When that time comes, the desire to live is gone. And only desire keeps the body and soul alive and breathing. Oh, I don't understand that. I'm sorry. Miss Haskell, do you live alone here? Yes. No relations, no housekeeper? I live alone here. Well, it's a pretty large house for a person living alone. There are three floors and far too many rooms. It's on the outskirts of town. It's quiet, and it gives me the privacy I've been looking for. A privacy which you are invading for the first time since I moved here five years ago. I'm sorry, Miss Haskell. I'm only doing my job. I was told to look you up and find out why you bought that casket. Then I think we may assume your job is over. Yeah, I guess so, but well, the office might ask me to drop back once in a while just to keep in touch, you know. I won't be at home. Why? You don't go out very much, I ask. The folks in town say they don't even see you more than once a week. When maybe. you come, I won't be at home. All right. Sorry to bother you. Good night. Good night. Oh, Miss Haskell, how are you going to die? I don't know, nor do I consider it important. Why should you? Good night. Good night. Very interesting tale on suspense, huh, Lisa? I am on the edge of my seat. I don't <laughs> know this story. The Sisters. Uh, that's Rosalind Russell. Her sister is played by Lorene Tuttle, the police officer there. That's Jeff Chandler, who played uh, Philip Boynton on Our Miss Brooks. And, of course, he was Michael Shane, detective. The announcer, Paul Freeze, And the undertaker, Joseph Kearns. So, great cast. I mean, suspense. They went all out. You know, full orchestra, the whole nine yards. We'll get back to this 1948 broadcast in a flash. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535.
Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Yep, this is Hollywood 360 across nearly 200 radio stations coast to coast. We're on American Forces Radio in 168 countries, so we are being beamed all over the planet. Maybe to other planets, too. You know, there could be extraterrestrials listening to our show, Lisa. There could be. Yeah. I mean, there could I... be extraterrestrials, and they could be listening to our show. Some ETs. Interesting. As they say. Interesting. What do you think of that? Do you believe in... Uh, do you believe... Do... <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say Do you say believe it. that there are extraterrestrials? Terrestrials? You had one few... Do you think there's... Uh, drink tonight? Do you think there are... Um, like life on other planets. You have to say it though. Extraterrestrials. There. Um, I really don't know. Well, of course, I, pff, <laughs> none of us know. But I don't. I, mean, I know I'm that saying, you do. do you, I know that you do believe. Absolutely. There's an. And infinite, I'm just not sure. Now listen, Lisa. There's an infinite amount of planets in the world. There's you. I mean, in the uh, solar systems. You know, in the in the universe. Infinite, because there's always new ones being made. So you can't even count them. You're telling me that Earth. Third rock from the sun. Right. Earth is the only planet with life. I, I don't, don't know. So. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it is. I just don't uh, know. I don't think so. I need some scientific but, backing. Uh, so this is for the extraterrestrials out there and <laughs> our and our uh, home planet. If you want a lifetime podcast of this radio show, if you want to make a one-time payment and receive this podcast every single week sent to your email on a link that never expires— and receive a coffee mug as a thank you, our official Hollywood 360 coffee mug. You can go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com, and sign up. You pay one time 100 bucks, and every week we will send you, on every Monday, the full podcast plus radio rarities. Now, here's one thing I want to make sure everybody understands, because there is a sort of a, a mix-up. If you are already a classic radio club member, either a CD member or a digital download member, you know, where you get it each month in a link, you already get the podcast free. So don't pay $100 for that. You get it free sent to you. But if you're not a classic radio club member and you want just the podcast, you know, you will get that for 100 bucks, and you'll get a coffee mug. And you'll get it for the life of the show, which yeah. is a very long time. Oh, yeah. And here's a little bonus. Mm. If you call tonight, you'll talk to either me or Carl, and we can sign you up just as well and uh, have a little chit-chat while we do it. Yeah, we have a number you can call, and it'll it'll go through to our phone here in the studio. 815-900-7535. Call and speak to me or Lisa. We'll sign you up. And you'll get the podcast. If you want to join the Classic Radio Club, which gives you the podcast free, you can do that, too. 815-900-7535. All right, we're listening to this very interesting episode of Suspense from December 9th, 1948. Uh, Here's a little fun fact about Rosalind Russell. During filming of the 1939 film The Woman that she was in, she had a fight scene with Paulette Goddard, and while shooting the scene, Lisa, she actually bit Goddard, leaving a permanent scar. But the two actresses remained lifelong friends. Was she supposed to bite her, but no, just not so hard? No, but they just got into it, you oh know, my and gosh. she bit her, and it left a permanent scar That's on Paulette dangerous. Goddard. Yeah. 
Sounds like something you'd do. Bite? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's listening to let's listen to the conclusion now to the sisters on suspense. For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Miss Rosalind Russell in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Extra, extra. Hear all about the big extras you get with the wonderful Autolite Stay-Full battery. How could I help hearing? Extra number one. Autolite Stay-Full batteries have an extra-large liquid reserve. Need water only three times a year in normal car use? Why, an Autolite Stay-Full battery can give aces to an oasis and still have water to spare. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Extra number two. Autolite Stay-Full batteries have extra-large electrical capacity. That means extra power when you need it most by Cornelius. And listen to me, friend. You don't want to get caught with your battery down, so get an Autolite Stay-Full battery right away. (laughs) Set them up in the other alley. All right, extra number three. Autolite Stay-Full batteries have fiberglass insulation for extra-long life. Why, Methuselah turned green with envy when he heard of those long-life Autolite Stay-Full batteries. Wait, don't quit now, Hollow, you're hot. Why, bye, Cornelius friend, if you knew what I know, you'd switch to Autolite Stay-Full batteries right now. You'd pop into your puddle jumper, pour on the power, and set off at a peppy pace down to your nearest Autolite dealer for a splendid new Autolite Stay-Full battery, the battery with all the extras. Why, the thought of all those extra features makes me excited, exhilarated, exalted... Exhausted. You'll be an ex-announcer if you don't be quiet and listen to suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Miss Rosalind Russell as Lydia with Miss Loreen Tuttle as Ellie in The Sisters. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. After he'd gone, I stood there in the hall thinking. Perhaps I'd made a mistake. Perhaps I shouldn't have gone to the morticians. I had thought it would be so clever. But I hadn't thought he might become suspicious, send a policeman, send someone snooping around, asking questions, trying to find out things. I was so upset thinking about it, I I hadn't heard her come down the stairs. Ellie, what are you doing down here? What are you doing sitting on the steps in the dark? Haven't I told you never to come down here at night? Lydia! What do you want? I heard that man who was here. Lydia, why did you buy the casket? Why are you going to die? You must, Lydia, you mustn't die. I'd be alone if you died. And you know what would happen. They'd send me away like they did once before. The people in the town would come and find me living here and they'd send me away. Go up to bed, Ellie. Go to sleep. How can I sleep? Oh, Lydia, you won't die. Promise me you won't. I promise you. Now go to bed. But why did you buy the casket? And the things you said to that man as if you wanted to die. Why, Lydia? Why do you want to die? I don't want to die. No one does. You have such a lot to live for, haven't you, Ellie? Yes. I've been happy, Lydia. You made me happy. And someday when I'm well again, I'll go back home. And David will be waiting for me. You know he'll be there. You've always told me he'd be waiting. And he'll see that I'm well again and he'll take me back. I'm not so old, am I? David won't see me as old. He told me that that when I was well, no matter how long it took, he'd still see me as a young girl. That's why I've been happy. Just waiting for the time I can go back to David. Haven't you heard yet? 
And haven't you learned it? Don't you know yet that you're mad and you'll always be mad? No. Don't say that. I'm getting better, Lydia. Yes. You know I'm getting better. Yes, of course. Putting bows in your hair, sewing ribbons all day long, sneaking about the house at night spying on me, singing the same hymn over and over and over until I think I'm going mad, too. Is that why you want to die? To get away from me? Why, I thought you loved me, Lydia. Why should I love you? Look what life has given me and tell me why. You've always spoiled everything for me, even from the time we were children. Why, how could I spoil everything? We were just like the same child, Lydia, twins. You were I and I was you. We looked the same, yes. We were born the same day, yes, and that's where it ended. You were the nice one. I used to hear them say so. You were even the prettiest, they said, as if they could see any difference between us. Well, whatever you wanted, you had. You smiled so beautifully, and I never smiled. I was the sullen one, the dark cloud in the house. You made it so, Lydia. We all loved you. When your doll was broken, they gave you mine. When you tore your dancing dress, you took mine. You gave it to me, Lydia. I remember you gave it to me. You gave it to me. I've always given things to you. I've given you my whole life. I even gave you David. Lydia. You were in love with David. He came to our house. Was it you he came to see Oh, Lydia, I didn't know. You never knew. No one did. I had to stand by and and watch you take him from me. And when you had your first attack, I was glad. People said it was a shame, but I was glad. Because I knew that he could never have you. Oh, yes, you were going away and be cured. He was going to wait. But it wouldn't matter how long it, it took and how long he waits. He'll never be cured, and he'll never have you. Never. You hate me. You've always hated me. I see it now. Even when you've been taking care of me. When we came to this town, you didn't bring me here so I'd be cured. You wanted to keep me this way. Man. That's why you took me out of that place. Because they might have made me well again. Go upstairs. You hate me. And now you're going to die. Leave me without anyone. I will not die. Oh, Ellie. Ellie, I'm sorry we had this quarrel. I didn't mean to upset you. It's just that I'm upset myself and, and tired. I didn't mean the things I said. You bought a cask. It was only an idea I had in case anything ever happened to me. You bought a cask. Lydia, was it for yourself? Or is it for me? Ellie! You wouldn't. You wouldn't, would you, Lydia? What are you talking about? Hold the lamp up. Hold it close to you. I want to see your face. Go go up to bed. Yes. I can see it in your eyes. It is for me. You're going to kill me. You're going to murder me. Don't be a fool, Ellie. It's so you want to get rid of me. Because you hate me. Oh, now I see. I see. You love David. And you're going to kill me. And they'll come and find me and bury me. And they'll think it's you. Be quiet. That's why you bought the casket. They'll think it's you who is dead because no one knows I'm living here. And then you'll go away and, and, and you'll go back to Dave. And you'll say that Lydia has died. And he'll think you are me and that you're well again. And he'll marry you. You'll have him. You'll be Ellie. You'll have David in my place. Did you hear what I said? Be quiet. Now go upstairs and get to bed. Oh, Lydia. Can you be so wicked? <laughs> <laughs>
Ellie. Ellie, are you awake? Ellie, dear, you mustn't think any more about what we said tonight. Do you hear? It's not so, Ellie. It's just your imagination. You mustn't think about it. It will be bad for you. Are you asleep, Ellie? She's not asleep. She's lying over there on the other side of the room, staring at me through the dark. She knows it was the truth tonight. She's going to die. I'm going to kill her. That quarrel. I shouldn't have let her know. I lost my temper, stupid. Now I must... Oh, I must think clearly. Now what was my plan? How was I going to kill her? It mustn't look like murder. They'll suspect things then. It must be suicide. And it must be soon now that she knows... She's starting again. She's singing again. That hymn, that hymn. No, no, I, I must be calm. Don't get excited. Think clearly. How was I going to kill her? Oh, I wish it were over. I could go back then. Back to David. How quickly she saw through that. That I'd go back in her place. But he'll never suspect. I'll be Ellie to him. Ellie cured and happy again. I'll learn to smile. First she must die. Now, which way is best? The stairs. Of course, the stairwell. She gets dizzy if she looks down into the stairwell. Yes, it will be so easy. In a day or two, that policeman will come back to the house. They'll find her and they'll think it's me. The stairwell. Three floors from the attic here. Three floors straight down. It's so easy when you think clearly. The stairwell, of course. <laughs> Ellie. Ellie, you mustn't cry anymore. Do you hear me? Are you afraid of the dark? I'll light the lamp for you. There, dear. That's better, isn't it? Why, you're shivering. Are you cold? Come. Put your wrapper on. We'll go down to the parlor and light a fire. And I'll make a nice cup of hot milk for you. Come, Ellie. Ellie, stop acting like this. Now, now come, dear. Here's your wrapper. Put it around your shoulders. That's a girl now. Get up. Get up now. I'll carry the lamp. Give me your hand, dear. Why, you're cold as ice. Now, be careful. Walk slowly. There we are. Now, hold on to the banister, dear. That's right. I'll hold the lamp up high so you can see better. I'm afraid. The stairwell. It's right here, dear. You see? I'm afraid. Ellie, you must get over that fear. Look, Ellie. Just look down. There's nothing to frighten you. Look down the stairwell, Ellie. No. I'm holding you, dear. Now just lean over and look down. You can see all the way. No. Don't make me look. Don't make me. See, it's nothing. No. It's nothing, nothing no. at all. Now, are no. you dizzy? I'm holding you. Let me go. Come I can't closer, stand dear. it. No, come closer. No. Lean over. Lean over. No, no. Do you hear, Ellie? Let me get back. Ellie, look down. No. Now, now, Let Ellie. Let me go. Lean over. No. Look down. No. Look down. No.
a very strange thing, yes. It was brought to my mind, of course, because this is the house just here. Uh, this one? Uh, the next one we're coming to, yes. Uh, she was in to see us just a few days ago. Came in to order the casket. Uh, she saw a casket she wanted, and then she told me it was for herself. Hmm. She, she must have had a premonition. Uh, I notified the police, of course, why she said she wanted me to hold the casket three weeks. Then, just the day before yesterday, the police came back to the house here and found her lying at the bottom of the stairwell, dead. Oh, she'd been dead about two days. Hmm. Funny how she knew. The banister up on the attic floor broke away and she fell. Uh, did she have any people? No, lived alone, they tell me. We're going to bury her tomorrow. Haskell, the name was. Haskell. Strange, living all by herself here in a big three-story frame house. Yes, isn't it? Say, well, what is it? My, my imagination, I guess. I, I could have sworn I saw a light in the attic window just now. Oh, I couldn't have been. The police have shut it up. Yes, yes, of course. That story of yours really gave me the creeps. <laughs> Let's walk on. <sighs> what a queer thing the power of suggestion is. You've conveyed it to me. Why, you, you know, just now I thought I could hear someone upstairs in there. A, a woman. A woman singing... A woman? Yes, uh, sort of uh, crooning to herself. Some kind of hymn. Uh, look, supposing, just supposing, you didn't already have an Autolite stay-full battery in your car, what would be the first thing you'd do tomorrow morning? Eat breakfast. Mm. Then what? Well, then I... Ah, uh, right, right. You'd make hay with your coupe right straight down to your nearest Autolite dealer and ask for an Autolite stay-full battery, that beautifully built battery with the biggest bunch of bonus features you ever saw. Why, that Autolite stay-full battery needs water only three times a year in normal car use. Has extra electrical capacity and an extra long life. What's more, friends, the Autolite people make over 400 other automotive, aviation, and marine parts in their 26 nationwide plants. Every part famous for its Autolite-engineered dependability. And remember, friends, Autolite means batteries. Stay-full batteries. Autolite means spark plugs. Ignition-engineered resistor spark plugs. Autolite means ignition system. The lifeline of your car. And now here again is Miss Rosalind Russell. It has been a great pleasure to appear here tonight on Suspense. And I want to thank Tony Leader and his fine cast, and especially Lorraine Tuttle for her splendid performance as Ellie. I know none of you will want to miss James Cagney's appearance next week on radio's outstanding theater of thrills in a story called No Escape, another gripping study in... Suspense. 
Miss Rosalind Russell may currently be seen in the independent artist production, The Velvet Touch. Tonight's suspense play, The Sisters, was written by George Wells, with music composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Bluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. In the coming weeks, Suspense will present such stars as Ronald Coleman, William Bendix, Ethel Barrymore, Frank Sinatra, and many others. Make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And next Thursday, same time, hear James Cagney in No Escape. This is the Autolite Suspense Show. Autolite salutes the automotive industry on the occasion of the observance tonight in Detroit of the production of the 100 million motor vehicle. Good night. Switch to Autolite. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That is The Sisters on Suspense, December 9th. 1948, Rosalind Russell starring. Hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. And we are going back to the 1980s with this song. Think she does is magic. Does me all. <laughs> it can't go that high. <laughs> Otherwise, you could get all the notes. This is, this is every little thing she does is magic. The Police from their album Ghost in the Machine 1981. It hit number three on the Billboard charts. Yeah. Great the song. The Police. I wish they'd come here and arrest you. Me? <laughs> Put who handcuffs would do, on well, her. who would do the show with you? Put handcuffs on her and get her out of here, <laughs> officer. Officer. <laughs> All right, more of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right. In our next hour, Anne Southern stars as Maisie Revere in The Adventures of Maisie from 1950. But first, we're going to need a caller to play Beat the Host. That's right. It's all true-false questions about Cole Porter. True-false. True-false. So if you're a fan of Cole Porter... And we'd love you to give us a call. 312-642-5600. We need caller number nine. All right. So uh, I just want to make sure of this because you keep switching it around. I do switch things it's up. true or false, it right? It is true or false. Cole Porter, his life, his movies, his music. It'll be lots of fun. And you win no matter what. That's 312-642-5600. Hey everybody, Jared Sebastian, host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.